Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, welcome to Open Mind with me, Frankie Bridge. Today, I am joined by Kimberly Walsh. Hello. Um, you'll probably know her mainly from Girls Aloud. But also, she's been in loads of amazing West End shows over the last couple of years, so you might have caught her in those. How are you doing? Thank you for uh, coming on. Yeah, no, I'm good. It's nice to have a little a little Zoom chat. We're getting used to these now, aren't we? I know. I feel like I've kind of been avoiding them, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, like all my friends have novelty. them, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think more than one person, and it's quite stressful because everyone just talks over each other. Agreed. Yeah, no, I'm over it now too. <laughs> Yeah, although to be fair, it's a bit like being in a band, isn't it? You have to like learn when learn when to when... speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This, this is quite weird for me. It feels like a bit of a novelty to have you on because I feel like for me, Girls Aloud were what kind of started the Saturdays off. You guys kind of almost handed over the baton, yeah. really. And um, so we've always the tour looked that up you to were you. On with us. Yeah. You were like babies then, watching all of us, like, grumping around. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We used to be like, because the tour we supported you on was the one where you came down from the ceiling and it was, like, that eerie music and you guys just looked fucking insane. Like, it was, like, it was so good. And I remember us all just watching it, just thinking, that's what we want to be, that's what we want to be like when we when we grow up and it was just so nice then you grew up and that's what you were (laughs) I know and it's so funny because I remember you all being like oh you're so young you're like little babies and we obviously didn't feel like that no but then now I look at other people and I'm the same I'm like oh you have although it's amazing like you have no idea what's about to happen yeah exactly (laughs) no I know but yeah, we totally did. We totally did hand over the baton and it was quite nice to know that it was going to like carry on. Like even though we were sort of ending, there was still going to be a girl band out there doing the, you know, doing the same thing really. Yeah. Did that not feel weird? Like was there not a bit of like, not in a horrible way, but a bit like, oh, here comes the younger version, like about to like step in our grave sort of thing. Do you know what? It didn't really feel like that for me, but I think because I was older, like, I'm one of the oldest of our group, I think I was just ready to, like, hang my heels up. So then you kind of... Yeah. You, you sort of feel happy to hand it over. And also, like, you and, like, Rochelle have been doing it for years. Like, you've paid your dues. Like, you deserve to be out there doing <laughs> your... You know, doing it at the top. So it was... It, yeah. yeah. I didn't feel like that, actually. It's nice to still know that girl bands were going strong because... Yeah. Quite an easy breed to die out, I think, girl bands. Yeah. Well, you have you were the same as Rush and I, which I didn't realise is you kind of, you started really young, didn't you? Yeah. Like, we're, but we're all stagey kids at heart, really, aren't we? Yeah, because you're, you're one of four, right? Yes. So I've got an older sister. I don't, yeah, me, brother, another sister. And we were all into it. Like, we all went to stage school, all did shows oh, really? all the time. Yeah. 
even made my brother, he didn't last that long, but for a while he, get, he like indulged us for a bit, just do, you know, being the Danny to our yeah. Sandy and just getting involved. Uh, but we were a bit like the Von Trapps, yeah, we were just always doing a show or a TV or one of us is, you know, on an advert and stuff. It was just like normal to us, actually. Like it probably was for you, like quite normal from a young age to be in that environment with adults as yeah. well. Yeah, I never realised that about you. I found that quite interesting, especially like one of four. I mean, there's loads of you anyway at yeah. home. Like, all not all fighting for the attention, but if you're all in the we same were. thing, that's a lot of you <laughs> <laughs> to be like, it's my turn. It, it was literally like that. It was fighting for attention because we all loved it. But I was really the only one that sang. So that was my okay. little thing that I could kind of keep for myself because my, my two sisters are... Uh, straight actresses really they'll they can sing a bit but they don't really so yeah that was my thing but it was still definitely oh, okay buying for attention and but you know what like we just loved it like we actually loved the the kind of you know the entertainment that it brought and like think about it. I mean you know what it's like we've got two kids um four if you can find anything that they enjoy that they'll do together to keep them entertained I'd be like here you yeah. go get on with it <laughs> So she just left us to it, really. That's so cute. Yeah, I was always doing little performances and I kind of forced my sister to do it as well, but she wasn't really as into it as me. Yeah. When I look back now, I'm like, oh my God, I must have been so annoying. Like, watch this show, watch this show. And my kids don't really do it, but I've got friends that have got girls and every time I see them, it's like, we've got a show for you. Yeah. And you're like, you don't okay. realize how annoying you are. I know. I do think back to like my best friend's mum thinking, God, she indulged me so much. I'm like, oh, God. Um, it was a bit of escapism as well for me, I think, as a kid. Like, mm. you know, like it's just a way of sort of, yeah, setting yourself free. Because I feel like I was quite an outgoing kid, but that was where I felt the most like comfortable. I suppose when you were younger, there was no X Factor or anything until really, um, well, did Pop Idol come first or Pop Stars Rivals? Yeah, no, Pop Idol was definitely before before Rivals. Yeah, it was because they did it while I was in S Club Juniors. I remember right. now because we went to one of their tours or something. So that was while I was in S Club Juniors. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, that so then, was like the first one yeah. for me. And I remember thinking that looks so terrifying I will never ever dare do that and then when I went mm. for pop stars the rivals I didn't realize that they were going to make us sing live on stage like they do on pop idol because they didn't do that with so the what, previous one uh, so what made you go for it well actually it was my dance teacher that I'd kind of I'd grown up she'd be my dance teacher then I'd like gone back to her school and taught for her like you know drama and bits and bobs and so she was like a friend and she basically gave me the application and was like, just send it, like, you've got nothing to lose. And so I thought, oh, God, right, OK, I'll just do it. Um, but because there had been before that, there'd been the other pop stars that obviously Hearsay and Liberty X came out of. And I was a good friend of Kelly's because we worked together on TV before that, on, like, kids' TV. So I, right. I saw how she did it and I was like, well, that's all right. They didn't have to sing live on TV. It's all just in a group, you know, I can do that. <laughs> and then literally they sprung it on us halfway through and I just thought, I have not got this in my locker. I don't think I can do that. And then oh, I no. did it, but it was blooming awful. God, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realise that. They didn't sing on their own. Now no. you've said it, I'm like, oh, yeah. And yeah, I think I would have been a bit... Yeah, ours was like pop idol, but for a group and it just I just wasn't ready for that 
No. And then you kind of, you ended up not in the band, didn't you? And then you got yeah. put in the band. Yeah. Like that must have been, like, excuse my, like, like bit of a head fuck, really. Yeah. It was weird because the whole time, like, I found the process really quite hard. Like, the hardest thing that I had done to that point in my life, like, it really did, like, throw me a bit how stressful it was. Um, and then I came back and they said that I wasn't in it, which I knew in my head. I thought, I really thought I wasn't. So I was like, OK, I'm good. I'm, I can do this. I'm strong. Went back to work at the diner where I worked and went back to uni and stuff. And didn't really tell anybody anyway. So I was just like, just get on with it. Pretend it never happens kind of thing. Hope they don't yeah. show me on the programme. Um, <laughs> and then like literally the day before I went to sign up for my third year at uni, the... Um, Louis Walsh, of all people, turns up on my doorstep. No warning. <laughs> Literally, like, my brother's just got out of the bath and it stood there in a the towel. Like, the house is a mess, as it always was. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, is this really happening? And he was like, um, yeah. All right, Louis. Yeah, hi, Louis. Um, and said that somebody had had to leave and that they'd chosen to bring me back. And that was that. I never, I literally left the next day and never came back to Bradford, where I was from, ever again from that point out. I lived in London from that day on mental. Really? Because we... And how was that, though? That must weird. have been... So they drove me down to the pop star's house where they'd all been for a few weeks already. <laughs> and, like, uh, so, like, I remember, like, waving my family off, like, what am I even doing? Um, and then, yeah, because I got in the band, I never went back. But I think it was really... It was hard for me because I'm really close to my siblings. So it was a bit of a like bittersweet thing. Like I knew it was obviously what I wanted to do. I wanted to sing and stuff. But to just like leave your family felt very weird. I think weird for them mm -hmm. as well. But then you How just old get you wrapped then? up in it. I was 20. I turned 21 in the pop star's house. Rubbish birthday. Oh, that's... <laughs> was Literally, it so none of my friends just like oh, um, I made no. up for it since it's fine oh no god so you were only 20 when you like left home yeah like must have been I mean I feel like back then were I f the rules probably weren't as strict as they are now with like looking after people and um things like that did you, when you look back do you think probably could have been looked after a bit better yeah I think do you know what I think for me the type of person that I am um I probably could deal with it better than some but you could definitely see other girls in the house like really not finding it that easy which is totally understandable um but there was nobody there to talk to just about like how you were or your general well-being it was all literally just about this is the next show this is the song and it was just like a a whirlwind really in that way and mm. obviously Nicola um was only 16 and Nadine that's so young like I feel like if I'd have been 16 I could be a completely different person now if I'd been thrown into that at that age you know I think that's mm. really tough and for you I mean I can't even imagine at the age that you started it's crazy <laughs> that is crazy <laughs> I, I mean, know. I, I think you know what the only bonus. The only bonus is there was no social media. I yeah, honestly think that us. that made such a difference. Massively. Like, and you would have been like us in the Saturdays, in that it only really started during. So yeah, you kind I mean, of had the beginning right bit without end. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't but even I think on that helps. any of the social medias on our last tour. I was so behind with everything like that. I was just trying to avoid oh, it. Oh really? And you in the end, you're like. 
okay, I've got to do this. Um, but yeah, I think literally I joined Twitter on that tour and that that's it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even know what Instagram was. Nicola actually told me no. the other day that we, Instagram was around. Then I was like, no, it wasn't. She was like, no, no, it was. You just didn't have a clue. I think I was I was last at Instagram and I only started it when the band ended because I was like, oh, okay, like now I'm self-employed pretty much. I guess yeah, I have exactly. to do this like everyone else. Yeah. Really reluctant. I was like, I already give so much of myself. I don't understand yeah. why I have to do it. But it's a funny one, isn't know. it? I think that whole thing's just so weird because it is. It totally is part of our job, but then also it's just a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah, I get like there is good sides to it as well, but in generally, I think I'm very, very glad it wasn't around when I was in the group. Yeah, I think now I can. I can handle it and stuff, but I think while whilst in the yeah. band, I would have found it really difficult. God, really difficult. me too, me too. Yeah, and like the judgment and the comparison and all of that, like you just weren't as aware of it, so it was, it yeah. was good. And how how did you find it then, being in the band, going from go from Bradford and then move into London and then because it kind of I remember when you guys first started, Peter Lorraine, so he was at the record label. Yes, when he you was guys our marketing together. manager, yeah. Yeah, and then he then became, he was working with Vesco Juniors at the time. And I remember having a party with Vesco Juniors and him showing us the dance routine to Sound of the Underground using a hoover. Oh, bless him. <laughs> I can so imagine. And we were all a bit like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and then and then obviously when it came out, it made so much sense. But at the time, we oh, were yeah, just before. a bit like, uh-huh. <laughs> That's bizarre. Like, yeah, he was obviously just a bit excited with himself because he knew yeah, what was coming. I, I remember that coming out and it just, I think even now, like, it was it was such a good video and, like, the dance routine and everything. I mean, you probably look at it and cringe like I do at all of our first stuff, but... Yeah, I mean, you cringe a bit at all of those, but, I mean, for us, we literally made that video, like, a day or two days after getting in the band, we had no idea what we were doing, like zero. All all we knew was to try and imitate what we'd seen on MTV, literally. Yeah. And as you can see, we did a really pretty bad job of that. But all we literally <laughs> knew how to do is be like mean and moody. It's like, what are you actually doing? But thankfully, people like Peter did have a, a good overall plan and a good look mm. and the song was brilliant. I was so relieved when I heard the song. I was like, okay, well, this is a good song. Like, at least we're going to have a good start. Whatever happens after yeah. this, who knows? But at least we're going to have one good song. <laughs> I think that is the thing, though, and I always, like, have said it with X Factor as well, is it's a great way, like, those programmes are a great way for people to get into the industry, whether or not nowadays anything comes of it, like it did back then. But I always feel like they, people are thrown into the spotlight and you have to learn like people watching it don't realize what you have to learn so quickly like even for me like in is having to figure out yeah. how you want in is and how that works and doing a live performance and True. miming to a video and just everything and yeah. I'm like you don't get taught that stuff no. do you and you don't have time it's like the only job well one of the few jobs where you literally just cannot really be taught it like there's no there's no school for that is that you just have to wing it and like <laughs> hope for the best take advice if you can from people but you're right things like in-ears and mic technique and all that stuff as if you're never going to know that unless you've done that kind of singing so if you've grown up doing musical and just normal stuff 
never going to know what to mm. do. You just have to get on with it. But yeah, you are learning everything in front of people, making your yeah. mistakes, your dodgy outfit choices, all of it in front of everybody. Oh, yeah, I know. It's so unfair, isn't it? Like, it's all on Google. All yeah. of you figuring out what you like and your style and stuff is like, I remember yeah. like when I was dating and stuff, I used to think, oh, they can just Google me and see all the awful yeah, pictures of me. True. It's so unfair. Yeah. That is true, actually. <laughs> you didn't have to deal with that. but <laughs> No, but that's a good point, actually. You would be so much more aware of it. Like, Yeah, I suppose for you guys, like being thrown together, the same as us, really, we didn't know each other. How did you all find that, like, figuring out your friendships and your and your parts in the band? Yeah, it it sort of happens, doesn't it, without you realising. It sort of naturally, like, navigates itself, I think. And you work out your relationships with certain people, people that you'll go to for, to talk to about certain things, people that you'll avoid talking to at certain times. Like, there's literally, like... <laughs> an unknown no like thing that you just all kind of understand I guess I was always like the mother of the group because I was the oldest and Sarah and I are the same age but obviously she was a little bit crazier in those days than I was so I kind of took that role and I mothered her as well um so that I got all the boring jobs to be honest anything to do with like finances organizing basically that was push put on to me like yeah I think Kimberly should do that really like, yeah but I guess because I knew that I probably was the best person for the job at that time because some of them were so young they'd never really like lived on their own at all like never managed their even their own life never mind managing like the business side of a band so I thought I just need to take this on because I need us all to be like looked after and not done over basically so yeah that was my role. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a bit like I would and, rather and then, have probably been, you know, <laughs> the party girl that got looked the party after. No, no, that wasn't me. And then publicly, how did you find that? Because I always think, like, I always explain it to people as when you're in a pop group you're not given a role like you are in theatre you know in theatre you know you're the lead yeah. role or or in a band where they play instruments you're either the front man or bassist or whatever we don't have that in a pop yeah. group and I feel like you all go into it and then everyone's places kind of get established but I think sometimes that can be part of where arguments happen or people get yeah. upset or whatever yeah, I think it, I think it definitely often is a, a, a part of it in, with bands. I mean, for me, like I I went to be in a band because that's genuinely what I wanted. I didn't want a solo career. Like I didn't want that weight on my shoulders just for me. You know, I wanted it to be a group thing. So in my head, I just always wanted it to be like quite equal because like everybody's got their own fans, and then I always thought like together, then you're stronger, aren't you? But um, I don't. I think it kind of like because we worked with the same producer from the very beginning, which was Brian Higgins. He just mm. knew what he wanted, and there was not really any discussion. So we just kind of got on with it. Like whatever bits we were given, we just go. And if we if you weren't like if you weren't really singing much on a song, then you'd be like, oh, can I do a bit more dancing then? <laughs> like literally, I was like, yeah. just, just give me some <laughs> dancing then. That's fine as long as I'm still <laughs> performing. I'm good that's good though that's a good 
mindset to have, I think, because otherwise it makes it really difficult. Because I, I suppose Cheryl ended up then becoming quite yeah, a big character publicly, and that could have gone either way for you guys as a band, really. I think for me, obviously, because I was so close to her and I saw, obviously, that rise, but I saw the other side of it as well, the tough side mm. of it. So for me, it was never like... It's not that I didn't see it as a good thing because there was great things that came out of it, but for me, I always kind of just wished that she could, you know, have a little bit more normality like me. And so I would sort of see that probably differently and just felt, I guess I felt just more like protective of her because of it rather than jealous. Like, I don't, I can't speak for the yeah. other girls. I'm sure they may have felt different about that situation. But for me, I just, I almost took the the worry on for her, if you know what I mean. Um mm. But, you know, circumstances are what lead, you know, the journey and it, it was what it was and some great things happened for yeah, her. Yeah, it benefited the band, yeah. I suppose, and, yeah. And she had a brilliant time, you know, doing X Factor and doing her solo stuff. So it, it, it did pay off. But, yeah, there's always a hard side of it, isn't there? Mm, yeah. And that you mentioned earlier about Sarah being a bit more of, like, the crazy one and obviously yeah. she... Ended up in rehab, and I know you can't speak yeah, on behalf of yeah. her, but did you kind of see that journey with her, or was it all kind of a bit of a surprise? Yeah, no, she was, always, I mean, she was always louder, wasn't she? I remember being on tour and her like coming in in different colored wigs for yeah. lunch every day, and you know, I don't know, she was, she was always louder, but that for me never, never really tells the truth about what somebody's personality is, so I always saw this, that kind of bravado a little bit with Sarah. Like, she does have a really soft side where, like I said, again, you just kind of want to mother her, even though you know, you know, probably some of the decisions that she makes are not the best for her. You can just see that it's just a journey that she has to go on. But it was tough. I mean, I think she did... She kept a lot of it to herself, which is, you know, fine. She was obviously trying to protect the group and protect everyone around her. But it's tough when you hear how much somebody has been struggling and you don't necessarily know the extent of it because you're so wrapped up in this world that you're all in and you've got enough going on individually. Each person's sort of dealing with their own stuff. Um, so it was kind of tough to, you know, to see that that's kind of where it ended up for her. But, yeah, she did. She went into rehab. She got herself back and, she, you know, we did the last tour together and that was lovely. Do you feel like a lot of that came from the pressures of, of the band, in a way? I mean... Or kind of just made it worse? Yeah, I feel like it depends on your personality as to whether or not you can really handle all of that on yeah. top. And I think maybe for her it was just a lot, a lot to deal with on top of everything else, which is totally understandable. It's difficult. Like, if I think to me, what was the hardest part for me? And I feel like probably just not you know the time when you're at your peak and you can't just live like a normal life that just annoyed me because I don't I never wanted to be like sheltered and not be able to go and do stuff with my family but then I realized that actually you just have to front it out and do it otherwise you become a recluse um you're not really the person that you were before do you know what I mean so I just made myself yeah. do stuff and just tried to surround myself by people that I'd known for a long time so I knew where I was at. Because a, mm. a lot of the problems as well, I think that 
arise is the people around you and the people that you let into your life. And that's hard. Like, it's hard because mm. none of us were from London. So we're all trying to make friends and you never know, you know, you never know what people's motives are, do you? No, I always think that's like one of the things where people say to me, oh, how have you managed to stay grounded and things like that? And I'm always like, I was lucky. All of my friends are still my friends from school. I still have all of my old friends, the friends that knew me before anything ever happened. And I know people in the industry and I'm yeah. not saying I purposely don't befriend people in the industry, but I have Your own my friends. friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they're the first to be like, if there's a dodgy picture of me on a red carpet, they're the first to be like, oh, or like, you know, take the piss. And I like that. It's I think it's not surrounding yourself with yes people, which happens a lot. It does happen a lot. And I I, I think for me, that is the, literally the best advice I could give to anybody going into this, like this industry. Just try if there's any way of keeping hold of the friends that you had before really do try because like you say they are the only people that they know you inside out like there is no front there is you know there's there's no guard with them and they can completely tell you whether you want to hear it or not but I think that mm -hmm. makes such a huge difference like in life also Justin's like that like he he will he literally will tell me how it is. I mean, <laughs> there's no... Even when you don't want it. <laughs> Even when I don't want to hear it, I'm like, what? And he's like, I've just got to tell you, babes, you can't do that. I'm like, all right, fine. Well, I feel like you've been lucky with him as well because you've been with him, you were lucky with him because you were with him for pretty much the whole of the band. Yeah, I, I got with him like in, within the first sort of year or two. Um, mm hmm and I was lucky because he'd been in the band, so he kind of got it, but also was happy that he will, you know, to be out of it again. And sort of, he's not the kind of guy that would really, you would typically think would be in front of a camera. Like he's not that really? guy. So I don't, I think he sort of ended up in the group because his friends were like, well, you can sing and dance, like, come on. And he went along for the ride. And then obviously when it didn't work out, he was kind of like, no, it's good. I'll take Sweet. a back seat. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, again, that's another thing that can really shape your life and it, like the relationships that you have. So having him as like a constant the whole time will have been a massive, massive help for me, I think, and to tell me how it really is. And when I'm like, um, you know, like even this, this, this is gonna sound stupid to anybody who's who doesn't like see things like we do, but even like when we got together and I'm like, oh, well, you get the door. I've got no makeup on. And he's like, no, get the door. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to get the door every time it rings, so go and get the door. And I'm like, oh, all right. And like, oh, even okay. those tiny little things, they creep in and then suddenly you're like, okay, yeah. So I suppose the nice thing then, like you said, was that it wasn't necessarily something that he really wanted to do. Because I think people see in our industry, and I'm sure other industries, but obviously in the public eye, when you've done something like Girls Aloud or or been in yeah. a group or whatever and, and then when you're not people see whatever you do after that as almost like you failed but I don't feel like that's the same in other jobs it's no. like because you're gonna have to do something else yeah like it's not a job yeah. that lasts forever is it no I think yeah. that as well I think in in that transition can be so hard for people like what am I going to do after the group because I grew mm. up doing theatre and stuff, I just always knew that that was something that I still wanted to tick off the list. So it was quite a natural thing for me to try to get back into that, which gave me a bit mm. of like a focus, I suppose. 
Because there is that weird time when you literally first sort of end and you're like, what am I actually going to do? Like, and I'm a yeah. worker, like I'm not very good at sort of doing nothing. So if, I, if I'm not working, I'll just start some sort of project. You know what I mean? I'll just start redecorating mm. another room or something. Like I just get bored quite easily. Not so much now I've got kids, but before that. Um, but yeah, theatre was a good thing for me because it just meant, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm happy doing that because I enjoy it. And I can still sing, which is what I always wanted to do. And there's a lot less bullshit in theatre. You sign in, you literally sign in, you go in, you do your job, you do the best that you can do on that night. Nobody really judges you. You clock out and you're done. Quite like yeah. that. Yeah. I feel like as well, you've gone into roles that aren't necessarily like, oh, she got this because she's Kimberly Walsh, you know, like, because yeah. I, I would love to do theatre at, at some point. Yeah, you Because like, like you, like I grew up, that's what I wanted to do. I spent my whole childhood auditioning for shows and stuff. But, I mean, it's a commitment, isn't it? it? Is. It's definitely a commitment. But I feel like there's roles out there that I'd be like, oh, I don't really want to do that one because I don't want people to feel like I just got it because yeah. I used to be in the Saturdays. No, totally. And you feel that pressure when you first start. Like I, I, the first show I did was Shrek and I had to audition for it. Like I had to fully like go back to the start, basically. I felt like I can't believe that I'm walking into a room absolutely terrified with all these oh. theatre people watching me. And actually I am nervous, so I'm probably going to sound shit. Um, but thankfully, like, they gave me enough time to relax and sort of at least show what I could do. And, and like you say, because we've done it, it is, we can do it because that's what we grew up doing. But it's just mm. like you do feel like you have to sort of prove that to everybody else a little bit. Yeah. Auditions are brutal. Like oh, I always awful. say this. Time, I used to spend my childhood doing it. And if I didn't get the part, I didn't get the part, I'd move yeah. on to the next. Whereas now Same. I'm like... God, I haven't done it for so long. I think I it's just awful. Be it's awful, honestly. Like now, thankfully, like uh, I work with like producers that I've worked with before, and they, I don't have to audition. And I'm like, honestly, you don't know how amazing that is to just know that yeah. I don't have to put myself through that anymore. I literally, I I auditioned for like a acting role yeah. last year, I think, or something. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I had to do a, a video one first. And I basically did it because I was like, well, they, I won't get a recall. So I might as well just do it, get Send one it, under yeah. my belt. Did it. And then I got a blooming recall. And I was like, no. Oh, no. Now I've <laughs> I got to go in person. So, I know. And then I had to go in and do it. And my manager literally, she said to me, she was like, if you ring me on that day... I'm not answering the phone because I know it'll be you trying to get out yeah. of it. So she was like, I'm going to ignore you so that you have to go. Um, and I did it and it was fine. And I sat in the waiting area with some other girls and it was fine. And yeah. I went in, did my thing and it was all right. But afterwards, I, I had to go and have a gin and tonic. Yes. I was like, literally. It shouldn't, it shouldn't make you feel like you come out of there like, OK, OK, I've done it. <laughs> I hate them. I honestly, I, and I hate, I just would never want to put somebody in that position, like sitting no. there judging them because it's just never the best of the person, is it? But it is and our job. And they give job. you nothing. No, they, they give, give you nothing, nothing, do they? No, it's so annoying. It's cruel. That face, just deadpan. deadpan and then they face. whisper. And yeah. Look. But you're right. When we were kids, we're doing that all the time and you learn to like take it on the chin. And that's kind of, I think, what makes us strong enough to sort of go into this industry but as you get older it just gets worse it doesn't mm. get better it's weird 
did you find like did you find in the band things like body confidence a bit tricky because I remember looking at you all on that tour that we supported you and I remember us all just being like oh my god they're all so tiny and I don't know about you guys but I feel like if one of us lost a lot of weight we'd kind of all kind of follow whether it was on purpose or not it just kind of happened I I think it does happen like that with girls a little bit actually it has like a knock-on effect that's why you always have to be Mm. careful like if people are struggling like with eating or you know then you do have to be careful because it can like sort of snowball do you know what Mm. for me the other four are genuinely they are naturally tiny which makes me feel quite sick at times but that is the reality (laughs) and we all know it it is what it is you just get what you get um and so the hardest thing for me was like knowing like you cannot eat what they eat like you can't because they could they could literally put it away and they would still be like that and I just know that I can't do that so I always had to be aware of it I mean nobody told me to stay thin like nobody put pressure on me but obviously when you're in a group with five girls you're gonna put that on yourself aren't you because you don't really want to be you don't want to stand out for the what you think is the wrong reason. Do you know what I mean? At that time. Yeah. So I would always like crash diet before a video or a tour or whatever, just to make myself feel better. And now I look back and I think oh, you looked fine. Like you should have just been all happy with it. Like <laughs> now yeah, I'd, like, is... I'd be happy to look like that now. And you're like, oh God, so I know. Well, it's unfortunate though, because they are all quite... Just tiny. naturally, yeah. Whereas you were always curvy, but yeah. people loved that about you. Like I don't know, like I'm someone that's got a bum. I've got a little waist, but I've got a bum, and I always used to think I'm a bit more like you, yeah. like a little waist and a, yeah. 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 I, I do like do... our shape. I do, I actually, I do think we should just own it because it's nice to not all look the same as well. And I did quite like that. I knew that, like, whereas the others, they might both like or a few of them might like the same outfit and I'd be like well I'm not well, that's not going to be good on me so at least I always <laughs> had my own like vibe going on to um, work around the bum situation um yeah I think growing up like I actually I probably got bullied for my bum growing up I got, got called duck bum all sorts I mean it, really? it's just quite unusual it's more unusual to have our shape I think so it's always yeah. anything that's not the not the normal gets attention, doesn't it? And when you're young, mm. any attention like that is sort of bad attention. Whereas I think as we get older, now I'm like, yeah, I'll take the good attention for it, actually. It's all right. Yeah. It's not the Bums worst thing. Bums are all right now. Yeah. Bums right are accepted now. now thank goodness. Because <laughs> I don't think mine's going anywhere. Even if I was half the size, I'd still have a bum. <laughs> I know. I look back at some pictures sometimes from like when we were on tour and stuff and obviously your your rehearsals on the lead up to the tour and then you're dancing all the time yeah. and you do naturally get fitter yeah, although you do. you've then got catering to contend with yeah. I always used to think it's tough. <laughs> it is tough I am a sucker for food that's just there prepared in front of me <laughs> I'm like, oh. I look back at some Escob Juniors pictures and I piled on some weight in Escob really? Juniors because really? catering like oh. when else do you eat like that yeah, like, no, it was you just don't. amazing. Mainly because I'm probably too lazy to bother to make all that food for just myself. But when <laughs> it's all there, I'm like, it's hard to resist. But yeah, thankfully, you do burn a lot of it off from nervous energy, dancing, all of that. Mm. So touring, I always felt good after a tour. I always felt like, fit, fitness-wise, I always felt like... Yeah. 
body-wise, I felt good. But yeah, there's there's times where it's I think it's tough because you're just having to put that pressure on yourself, and you think, do you know what? When I got pregnant after the band, the thing I was the most excited about was being able to just get fat and have an excuse, which is a bit bad, really, isn't it? <laughs> it? But it was obviously in my head that I just clearly I went a bit too far with that thought process. But in my head, I was like, I can actually be fat and nobody can really judge me that much on it. It's going to be good. Oh, yeah. How do you find, like, being a mum now? Because you're like, your life has just completely changed. How do you find it all? I just, I feel like I almost can't remember before it. Do you feel a bit like that? Yeah. Like, I just, I just, I have so little time, really, without them, even when I'm not in lockdown, like, I think it's weird, isn't it? Because people will go to me, oh, you work all the time, don't you? You're working a lot. And I think, not really. Like, I only did, like, one day this week. But to them, because there's other things going out in the press or, I don't know, whatever they see on your social media, it's like you are busy. But to mm. me, I feel like I'm I'm with them a lot. And it is full on, like, as you know, because I think I was a quite similar gap out have you got like two years ish between yours yeah 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 so that is a hard gap I did get a bit of a shock actually with that I was like oh maybe this was not the brightest idea but now it's brilliant because they just they do love each other I mean there's a fine line it's either absolute love or properly fighting each other but you know that means there's a lot of love there yeah, mine are the same. I think as well, like, I I don't know about you, but when you're in the band, you literally, I'm always like, you work pretty much 365 days of yeah. the year all day. And when I when that finished, I almost felt like if I wasn't doing that, then I was failing almost, yeah. like I wasn't working. And I think kids give you a bit of insight, I think, and a bit of, like, perspective yeah. to go... Uh, like I'm still working but I get the best of both worlds now yeah totally I think like I spent obviously a lot of time just thinking about me what I we wanted to do you know and I had my kids later than you obviously so I was like Mm. 33 by the time I had Bobby I waited till Girls Aloud had finished because I didn't I didn't think I'd be able to cope to be honest doing both um, which was probably right. I probably wouldn't have been able to. Um, <laughs> because I, I was that bit older, I think I was really ready to just, like, think about somebody else. I was a bit over myself. Because as well, you know what it's like when you're in a band, everything's about you and yeah. everyone around you, is, it's kind of starts to revolve around you. And I don't, I don't really love that. So having a distraction with the kids is actually quite nice. I mean, mm. don't get me wrong, I do miss those peaceful times. But, um, you know, if you have a moment of silence, you're like, oh, my God, this is what life was actually like all the time before. There was no screaming. There was no Nerf guns being shot at my head. (laughs) But I, I do, I do. And even in lockdown, I've been grateful of them for the focus and the distraction. I, I don't know what I would have done. I would have been absolutely bored out of my head. Yeah, how have you found lockdown? Because you were supposed to be doing Sleepless in West yeah. End, weren't you? And then that's all had to go on hold. Yeah, we literally were just had done our first day of tech. So it's a really weird time to finish. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, all our costumes are ready. We know the show. Oh, oh, no. Anyway, it's fine. We're going to be, we're going to start rehearsals again in August. So that's been quite good to have that to focus on, like knowing it'll come again mm. in the future. Um, but yeah, the first week of lockdown, I had a bit of a freak out, like could not believe that 
Bobby weren't going to be at school at all, no nursery, just mainly thinking, how will I entertain them? They've got so much energy. But actually, it was really not as bad as I thought. I think once you all know that you can't go anywhere, it changes your mindset. And yeah, you just get I found that, like, even work-wise, I felt more relaxed because I was like, ooh, no one's doing anything. Yeah. And there's, I'm not missing out on any opportunities or there's nothing. Everyone's just at home. Yeah, it's true. I think a lot of people yeah. really, really loved that, actually, like not having to like worry about what anybody else was doing. Like nobody mm. can really do better lockdown than anybody else no. is what it is. <laughs> um, so in that respect, I think it's actually been quite an eye-opener for a lot of people, you know. Mm. Um, I, I, it's made me realise that a nice balance is definitely what I want. Don't want to work too much, but I need a little bit of time for myself just to keep my sanity. And I think once we get back to that balance, it'll be good. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to come out of this rethinking their lives, really. Like, even I'm like, God, I put so much pressure on what's next with work and what's the next thing I'm going to do and this, that, the other, that actually it's been really nice and it's made me realise there's more to life. Obviously, I need to earn a living, but also I have got my kids and my family and it's it's actually been great for Wayne and I because we've yeah. got to spend so much time together. I mean, the first couple of weeks, I think we had like one massive row and then we were fine. Got it out of your system, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think... A lot of like horrible stuff is going to come out of this, but also a lot of good yeah. in a way. No, I do. I think you're right. I do think it's loads of my friends are totally rethinking like their jobs, their where they live, like everything. Like it has made people really sort of look just like you say, just put things in perspective, and also think, what do I actually really want from life? Like you say, we do have to work, but finding the right balance, and also, I think. The more that you're around the kids as well, I don't know, like you're just constantly learning about them anyway and you think, oh God, what if I would have missed that? Like, mm. what if I would have just, I don't know. We have had a we have had a really nice time as a family in that way and the boys are absolutely loving it. Like Bobby's like, I do not want this virus to go. I do not Aww. want to go back to school. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was so nice to talk to you. Aww, thank you. It's, thanks it's, for having me. I found it fascinating because obviously I was always on the outside looking in yeah and always thinking like you guys were so different to us and really in the end we're all the same really you were yeah. really um and um yeah you just have like a good way of thinking of things and being laid back and i feel like sometimes we all need to be reminded that yeah you can <laughs> just let things go try and let it go yeah yeah zen oh, thanks for having me on <laughs> yeah zen. thank you thanks babe <laughs> Now remember, this podcast is all about encouraging us to be open and have those hard but important conversations. If you're struggling with your mental health, the best thing you can do is to talk to someone. If you'd rather chat to someone impartial, there are plenty of resources and support provided by the mental health charity Mind. That's mind.org.uk. So that's all from me for now. Until next time, so look after yourself. <laughs>